Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Uh, Welcome to Big Questions for God. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton, a Seventh-day Adventist church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. This week, we dig into the Christian teaching concerning forgiveness. We're going to be asking, is the Christian teaching on forgiveness reasonable? Today, our co-host, our specialist in the hot seat today is Eric Hoare. Eric's a recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Eric, it's fantastic to have you back with us again today. Great to be here. Comes around quick. It certainly does. We miss you when you're not here. We love that smile that's on your face. (laughs) Thank you. Tell me, uh, Eric, it's wonderful to see the coronavirus almost under control in, in this part of the world. You got any celebrations planned? Oh, definitely. Um, yep, for sure. We'll get the family all together. You know, Mother's Day's coming up, so we're kind of looking at that. I think you can have up to 10 people. Up to 10 people? I think we've got uh, just over that 11, so we'll have to work that one out. But one of them's under two, aren't they? Yes, that's, that's right. Correct. That's true. That's true. Well, yeah, we we won't share about that on air then, <laughs> uh, then will we? Hey, Eric, are you a person, do you enjoy travel? Oh, I love it. I love going overseas. I love Australia. Um, and travelling around Australia is, is really good. I love the warm places. Yeah. Uh, I don't like going somewhere where it's cold. I'd rather be in a warm place. Uh, it's, good, it's good to be able to go to somewhere like uh, uh, Townsville in the middle of winter uh, and then Tasmania in the uh, in the middle of summer. That's right. Yeah, we one time we hired a camper trailer and we went up through uh, yeah, Northern Territory and had a wonderful time travelling around. It was beautiful. Yep. Fantastic. Fan- What's your favourite part of South Oz? Well, I reckon that is my favourite. I reckon uh, up there we, we just love it. I also actually like going to Sejuna mm-hmm. where there's a lovely beach there and uh, it's fairly far away, but that's really good. Um, my daughter lives down near Victor Harbour and that's nice to visit, but that's pretty cool down there. So yeah, uh, yeah. just to go down there in the summer, but lovely spot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got to admit, I've never been over to Sejuna. I've been wanting oh. to go over there a, a, a number of times, uh, but I know that I love KI. I mean, I've mm. been over there just holidaying on a, on a number of occasions, and the pristine nature of uh, of that island. Uh, if any of our listeners have never been to Kangaroo Island, you've missed something really good. Have you been to Cooper Pedy, I have. I have indeed. Yes, underground. I've I've slept underground up at uh, at Cooper Pedy. I uh, I do enjoy the uh, underground experience at. Uh, uh, at Cooper PD. Eric, it's wonderful to have you uh, with us today. We're going to come to some music before we start. It's uh, Katie uh, Gattafson, uh, according to thy gracious word.
What absolutely amazing words. I will remember thee. I will trust in your word. Welcome again to Faith FM, a drive time, big questions for God with Pastor Gary. This is the program where we look each week at the difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. It's the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. And today I've got with me Eric Hoare. Eric's a recently retired pastor of the Adelaide uh, Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're asking, we're talking about, is the Christian teaching of forgiveness reasonable? It's a big question. It's a challenging question. Before we go there today, though, uh, this afternoon... I had the real privilege to have in the uh, in the studio with me uh, Pastor Gary Webster. Now, uh, th- Gary is an exciting presenter. This Friday night, um, we, we have a Gary Webster presenting a brand new series. I actually had opportunity this afternoon to speak to him about this series. This is only a four-meeting series. It goes Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. But this is a series that you don't want to miss. I was got the opportunity to share uh, with him this afternoon. Please enjoy as we consider this uh, this interview. Again, this afternoon, it's a real privilege to be able to welcome. Pastor Gary Webster. Gary runs an exciting ministry. Gary is an evangelist. I've had the privilege of working with and ministering with Gary over the past few years. I remember on one occasion uh, traveling uh, through a number of countries with, uh, with Gary. Now, Gary, you're probably one of the most travelled people I know. Uh, you have an absolute passion for public evangelism. Uh, Gary, how many countries have you actually travelled through? Oh, well, first of all, great to be with you, Gary. And uh, I'm just trying to, re- you know, I recall as best I can count, it's about 27 countries. So, yeah, it's interesting to visit so many places, yeah. Yeah, no, I tell you, the um, uh, I, I still remember going through, uh, I think it was Petra uh, with you a number of years ago, uh, walking in through the uh, through the narrow entryway to, to Petra, uh, looking at that treasury building and standing in awe. And meanwhile, you had been there once or twice before, and you actually uh, took off at a rate of knots and said, guys, the thing you have to see is one of the uh, sacrif- high sacrifice locations. And I recall you actually running up uh, one of their very narrow paths that led to one of the high places. Do you remember that at all? I do. I do it every time I go in there. (laughs) Tell me, Gary, what are your favourite places to visit? Well, well, Petra would be one of them, Gary, because especially, you know, the best preserved altar for sun worship is fascinating, but, you know, the... Umel Bayara, that middle hill or mountain there, because this is the place where it's believed the Edomites, the descendants of, of Esau, mm-hmm. came, and so they actually have ruins up there from from way back. But uh, as far as the best places to see, well, I love going to Iran. Mm-hmm. Now, Iran's a fascinating place because you have so much there connected with the book of Daniel, mm-hmm. and that's one of my, my favorite books. Um, and of course Israel. I mean, every turn you take in Israel, you're going to see 
some history from the past. Mm -hmm. Gary, I I love the way you actually go and visit these places, you record them, but then you're able to connect them to to, to biblical stories and biblical prophecies. It it really stands out to me that it is something unique. Um, tell me, Gary, what's the um, what are your favourite subjects uh, that you that you enjoy presenting on in the scriptures? Well, uh, and there's so many of them, but one. Oh, I think let me just give you, if I can give you one out of you can walk through Hezekiah's water tunnel in Jerusalem. I'm not sure you would. Yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. I came through. That was remarkable. That's a, that is still an experience that I share with people today. It's a winner. In fact, we were just, uh, I, I sometimes take, when we go to Turkey, I take them to the Istanbul Museum because you can see an inscription that was cut out of that tunnel and now it's in the Istanbul Museum. But it dates way back to these, these times. Then, of course, they've actually found in, in the, in Iraq, uh, in the places where, uh, the Assyrians had their great cities. They discovered a huge human-headed winged bull. We call them Lamassu, mm-hmm. archaeologists call them. And on the flank of one of those is an inscription that says Hezekiah paid taxes to Sennacherib. Now that's what the Bible says. You can see that actually in the British Museum. That one. That is really, um, that is really remarkable, isn't it? You know that what you can actually see there is archaeology and history are actually backing up what is in the scriptures. Absolutely, and and that's why Isaiah is such a minefield for all this stuff. You can see, you can visit uh, the, sorry, the Lachish room in the British Museum because when the archaeologists excavated in Iraq and the cities like Nineveh, uh, which is an Assyrian city, they, they found these huge murals, if you like, wall reliefs, we call them, on the walls of the palaces, and they've taken them all and put them in the British Museum, and this is the Battle of Lachish that's mentioned in the mm-hmm. Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, you you also have the Sennacherib prism. I carry a copy of that with me to show people because it's remarkable. This this prism about I don't know thirty or forty centimeters high, six sided. It lists the cities that Sennacherib attacked. When it comes to Jerusalem, it just talks about Hezekiah shutting him up like a bird in the cage. So you have all these things the Bible mentions that archaeologists have discovered, and and that's what excites me because in those same books are a bunch of prophecies, and so. We have historical, the art, sorry, historical accuracy for the Bible, but also some of it deals with its predictions, which are dependable. Okay, yeah. and and you put the two together, and it actually becomes a a book with substantive evidence that backing it up. Exactly. Well, take for example um, the book of Daniel, because that's the other book I love to talk yeah, about. Yeah, because yeah. It's, it's full of see. You know, if, if you wanted to, because I, I love talking about the prophecies of Daniel and the Revelation, and you want to have a source that says, listen, I, I'm predicting the future, you would want two things of that source. Number mm. one, you would want historical accuracy, meaning yeah. Yeah. they get the facts right. Yep. Because if I'm, say, if I'm making a prediction and I can't even get the current events right or yep. the past facts right, how can you trust me about what I'm going to say about the future? So you need that. Yeah, that's good. And that's good. Right, so we got that from Isaiah, for example. Then you also need a source that has a proven track record of fulfilled predictions. In other words, it's got a batting average of a hundred percent. It gets it right mm. again and again. 
You've developed a new series, however, in view of, uh, I think it's called Predictions of Hope Beyond Corona. Now, uh, what can the listeners expect in this particular series? Well, what we do is we, 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 we're saying, you know, when, when people look out on the world today, many people are actually very anxious. And, well, we might be. I mean, you know, what are we up to? Uh, three, three, 3.5 million people with COVID-19 and over 230, 40,000 mm. deaths. This is a serious time. It's affected our economy, uh, big time global. We're not talking about just a, you know, a global recession. They're talking, economists are talking about a global depression mm. in some parts. Yeah. Now, that's not to scare people, but people are worried. So we want to know, is there hope? Out yep. there, yep. so so the series actually looks at some of the things I've mentioned. Um, uh, is the biblical writings actually historically accurate? Are they a dependable source to go to for knowing what the future holds? And secondly, mm-hmm. um, are the predictions dependent? And they can be trusted, and because the uh, they can be trusted. Uh, for by talking about what occurred in the past, we can also trust for what they're saying about the future. Oh yeah, yeah, big time, and and and, and uh, not only that, but we'll actually we'll actually show predictions that were made two thousand five hundred years ago and two thousand years ago that actually you can see today are absolutely spot on because they talk about the very times we're living in. This this almost sounds better than Nostradamus. Oh, it leaves Nostradamus for dead. Uh, excuse Nostradamus, sorry, but. I mean, this is, this is phenomenal. I mean, I, I know of Nostradamus's predictions. He, he wrote these quatrains, we call them, four-line rhymes, but some of them you, you can hardly make head or tail of what they're saying, let alone see a prediction in them. But the biblical prophecies are actually very specific that you can say he predicted this name, this place, this mm. person, this would happen. So it's not sort of guesswork at what the prediction is. It's the predictions there. Now, did it happen? Yeah, yeah. No, that's powerful. That's powerful, Gary. Gary, look, um, we, we do need to finish, but now if listeners want to want to listen in, um, that happens, you're preaching this Friday evening, I believe, 7 o'clock uh, Central Australian yeah. time, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Now, if they want some more information, uh, do you have a website that they can go to? Yes, you go to hopechannel.com and then it's forward slash predictions of hope. Okay. okay. Maybe okay. I better say that again. You do uh, that. Uh, yeah, hopechannel.com forward slash predictions of hope. Okay, and okay. they can get all information that they need on this series. Now, yeah. this series commences on Friday night and goes for That's how many May, occasions? Yeah, this Friday, May, May 8th. Yeah, this it's Friday. Four nights. We go Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Okay, so four consecutive nights, and uh, yeah. and listeners will be able to hear you uh, presenting on um, yeah. prophets uh, predictions of hope beyond Corona. That was uh, uh, Pastor Gary Webster uh, speaking about the brand new series that is launched this coming Friday night. My friends, I'm hearing so much positive about this. This is a series that I would encourage you, if you can possibly uh, get near a computer, this is totally online. This is one of Gary's first totally online series. He's preached in public on many, many occasions, uh, often being um, uh, uh, live streamed, but this one is just totally 
online. We would encourage you this Friday night, please go to that website. That website again is www.hopechannel.com forward slash predictions of hope. I believe you'll miss something if you, if you miss uh, this particular series. Right now, let's, uh, let's go to some music. This is Cara Klein, The Gift of Love. FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. 
exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free Final Events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back, my wonderful friends. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, Big Questions for God with Pastor Gary. This is a program where we look each week at the difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. Today I've got with me Eric Hoare. Eric's a recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church, and this week we're asking, is the Christian teaching on forgiveness, is it reasonable? So many wonder about this particular question. Eric, yesterday we, uh, we looked at the biblical teaching on forgiving those who have wronged us. Uh, you know, we, we went to the Matthew's Gospel, and in Matthew's Gospel we saw that Christ speaking, speaking to Peter uh, talked about the necessity of forgiving uh, not uh, seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, I get that that, that is really out there, even for his day, for our day, where justice is the most common cry, that that um, expectation, we have to ask, is it reasonable? What, what do you think? Is that expectation reasonable in the day and age in which we're living? Well, it's very hard when it comes to forgiveness sometimes living in the world, you know. Um, humanly, it's not... Some, it's, it's very hard to forgive that many, many times, and it's hard to say, I'm sorry. And I don't know if the listeners have read the book Live More Happy by Dr. Darren Morton. It's a brilliant mm. book. They need to read that because it's changed my thinking on some of the aspects of forgiveness. For instance, <clears throat> let me share with you just a short parable that's written in the book, and it's about a, a life in a town called Jura. And it starts off and says countless times each day, the people of that town spoke the lam- that lament and for good reason that life was hard. Through the years, Jura become quite literally a hard place to live. Rocks littered the landscape, making it impossible to grow flowers or even to jog in the park. Rocks lay everywhere one looked. How did this come to be? And that's interesting that you are in that parable, Eric, because one of the things I'm really conscious of there is that there are so many who are so conscious that uh, the world in which we live today is becoming increasingly hard, isn't it? It truly is. And the Bible talks about that at the end times too, just how difficult it will be. Mm-hmm. It will be a, um, a place where there's hurtful words, there will be hurtful actions, and people are going to get hurt all the time. It's, okay. it's part yeah, of the life yeah, in which yeah. we live. But I'm breaking into the parable. That's Sorry, Eric. Right. I won't do that again. That's fine. So it goes on and says that rocks lay everywhere one looked. So what are these rocks? How did this come to be? Well, many years before, an evil sorcerer had cast a powerful spell upon the town. Through your eyes you will not see a life of joy or hope or glee. Through your mouths where curses flock, every angry word shall turn into a rock. Mm. So whenever someone spoke an unkind or a hurtful word, it instantly became a hot rock. Mm. Now, like everyone in Durham, there was a man, Cass, who lived there, and too often he became the victim of unkind and hurtful rocks, uh, words. Rocks of all sizes and shapes pelted him. Mm. 
And also, like everything else in Jura, Cass never felt content to merely watch these rocks fall on the ground after they hit him. How could he? They just hurt him too much. They were painful to him. Mm. And that's why Cass developed the habit of keeping a rock or two in his hands, just keeping a few, just safeguarding them. And whenever someone caused him pain, why, he would throw a rock or a word back at these words back at the offender. And however ugly that strategy might sound, no one ever confronted Case because everyone was doing exactly the same thing. That's that's such an important point there, Eric, because this this parable is really starting to to paint a picture of something that is uh, happening all too frequently in the world in which we live today. For sure, and words do hurt. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing you can do, in fact, sometimes, um, you know, sometimes we talk about um, a bashing of people, but often the words, the physical and mental abuse, the mental abuse can be just as bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's what this parable is actually picking up on. It's this, mm. it's this issue of uh, a society of retaliation. You, you seem to have, we throw a rock, we throw a rock back again. Yes, that's yeah. right. So when someone caused him pain, he would throw the word, those, he would be angry and throw those rocks or words back at them. You're, that's right. And, you know, even though it was painful that these rocks were hot and they blistered uh, his hands, they, people still hold on to these things, mm. even though it's still there. And when a rock cooled, as it always did, the people of Jura took it to the centre of the town, to an enormous furnace called Grievance. And there they would heat up their rock until once more it glowed fiercely red. And as it grew hot, they told each other their sorrowful tales. It's not my fault my hands are burnt, each would say. It's their fault. They threw the rock first. I'm just holding it so that someday I can throw it back. And Pastor Gary, this is what, this is the biggest thing, is that sometimes in our lives, when somebody has done us wrong and we feel aggrieved, like it's talking about here, those words we hang on to, it's in the background, but something lights it up. Something makes those, that brings it back to us. And we remember those words and we become angry and it's like our words are heated up again. And anger, anger becomes almost a self-fulfilling prophecy you know i suppose i'm conscious of how many times i've i've been on the the road and somebody has offended against against me mm-hmm. and uh, you the 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 that which runs through your mind is how can i get back at this at this particular person and it's so easy to uh, simply tailgate it's so simple to it's so easy to be able to retaliate Mm. and yet when what what this is what we're going to move to here is something that gives us another option Mm. that's right but there is a text in the bible proverbs 17 9 which is beautiful says whoever would foster love covers over an offense but whoever repeats the matter separates his friends mm, mm. so it's the, it's your attitude towards this yeah because yeah. you're going to lose friends but then there's the second part of the parable too um that's uh, that comes into it now and it changes uh, one day however case and his neighbors got the shock of their lives a robust cheerful man with huge compassion in his eyes came striding to town declaring that none of the townspeople had to live in misery any longer my name's Sala he announced and I want you to know that you can be free of those rocks you carry around what you need is forgiveness 
you don't have to keep on living like you have been. And some of the townspeople sneered while others gasped or stared blankly ahead. Could there be a better life? Impossible. We're so used to carrying these rocks around with mm-hmm. us. So Sala ignored the jeers and continued, simply put, forgiveness is learning how to drop your rocks. You don't have to collect them, carry them, be burdened by them, heat them or throw them. In fact, I guarantee that you that if you drop them, your whole life will improve. Your hands will heal and you have time and the energy to the fun things you always did. And, and what happens after this parable is that some of the people started to drop these rocks, but Cass thought differently. He said, why should I let other people get off the hook? Mm. They've hurt me. I can't just let that go. I'm, mm. I'm going to have revenge, if you like. But these other people that dropped their rocks, immediately they started to heal. Their hands stopped burning. Their hearts stopped burning. The scars were starting to heal. And instead of worrying about these things, they looked forward to a better life, and they became happy, and they stopped throwing rocks around. And where the rocks on the ground were, flowers started to grow. The, the world turned into a better place. And that's the whole point of the parable. So Cass said that that's not fair. Revenge is needed. Can't let them got off, get off the hook. But others tried forgiveness. They let go of their anger and they, that they had carried for many years and they started to heal. They learned that by, by dropping these rocks, by not concentrating on words that people have said to them that hurt them, they made their own lives better. And by showing forgiveness, the town became a better place because there were less bad words being thrown around. That mm. forgiveness came and compassion came amongst them. It says in the Bible, doesn't it, in Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Mm. And that's powerful, you know. Uh, and said you brought up about a number of times to forgive as well, which is really important. But I think one of the biggest texts is Luke six thirty two: Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So the makeup of a person in life is that when something does hurt us, that we start to. Um, to have the love for people that only Jesus can give. The words that Jesus speaks in the Bible teach us and show us that forgiveness is a large part of the Christian life. For how can Christ forgive us if we don't forgive others? Yeah, that's a, that's a powerful thought. In fact, if I remember correctly, you know, Christ, the record from the Gospels, when Christ was on the, on the cross, he actually prayed a prayer. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, you know, to me, was he making an excuse from them for them? Do you think? I mean, for they know not what they do. I mean, was he letting them off scot free? Why do you think Christ was doing this? I think Christ was doing that because that was his nature. That was who he 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 is and was. This is Christ has so much love for them that he want he was sad for them that he wanted them to be saved. You know, it wasn't the fact that uh, he wanted people to forget about it. He wanted them to be saved. So he loved them so much that whatever we do in our lives, that there is always, always forgiveness for whatever we do. Some people think they cannot come to Christ because of what they've done in their lives. I've met people like that who just who ask for forgiveness but don't really accept it. 
And I think that what you've actually said there is actually so powerful because what it actually gives us is the foundation to this theology of forgiveness because what the Scriptures teach us is that I myself am a sinner. I have made many, many mistakes, and yet I serve a God who has said, I'm prepared to forgive you. You know, I I look at that, and then that becomes the basis by which he turns around and says, I want you to go and do to others what I have done for you. Hmm. And God is a very forgiving God. I mean, you look at the number of times that the Israelites turned from him in the Bible and the way he, you know, the way he forgave them. And the, the whole point of it all is is that Christ's nature centers on forgiveness and to, and to give us freedom. And, you know, what happens if we don't forgive is that it becomes like a cancer in us and it eats away and eats away for us. I mean, there's some things in my life Pastor Gary, being quite honest, things that have happened in the past that trigger, something triggers it off in my mind and it yeah. all raises its head again. Yeah, yeah. And it's painful. And so I've got to get on my knees and, and then think of, I just turn my thoughts and start reading some scripture and then the pain eases. But it's, mm. it's always with us. One of the points that, that were made in here is that um, when it's said about, uh, and just one thing I wanted to share about what forgiveness uh, is not, is that so, I often thought that, and I would say to people, if you have a burden, if somebody has hurt you, to forget about it, you know. Just yeah, yeah. But, you know, through reading this book, it really helped me to understand that. Now, what's the, the book that you, you've actually been reading, Eric? Because uh, I think it's important our listeners know that. Yep, it's called Forgive to Live. And it's a beautiful book by Dr. Uh, Dick Tibbins. But in there, he points out that some people believe that if you have not been able to forgive some unpleasant event, then you must not have forgiven either the act or the one who hurts you. But... You know, sometimes these things never leave you. So I often thought, you know, I've got to forget it. But you can't. It's We're human. As you say, mm. we're sinners. So what it says is how you deal with it. Yeah. How you yeah. deal with it. You have a choice. Yeah. You yeah. either do it in love and forgive that person. You know, the hardest thing in any argument, I've seen families who don't talk to each other, mm. really sad. Life's too short. Yeah. And the hardest thing, either one of them, all it takes is three words. I forgive you. I forgive you, yeah. I am sorry. Eric, one of the things that I'm really conscious of, and I really appreciate what you've actually just said there, is, uh, you know, this thing of forgiveness, it's actually, I would say, comparatively easy with some of the smaller things. In, in life, if things are, are, are smaller, you know, if, uh, uh, if my next door neighbor offends me, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm happy enough to, uh, to forgive. But you know, Eric, I, I struggle with some of the really big things. I mean, what if, you know, for example, I've been abused? What about the uh, the um, uh, the prisoners in concentration camps who have been horrendously abused? You know, this is where you know some of these issues. I look at them and I say, well, what does the Christian teaching of forgiveness actually say about these types of situations? Because this is where the um, the, the rubber really does meet the road. What do you do in those types of situations? And you know. One of the things that I, I really appreciated uh, myself in this uh, uh, in uh, in uh, Dick Tibbetts' uh, book here is him coming to define 
what uh, forgiveness is and what it isn't. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate what you, uh, what you said there on this issue of, uh, okay, there are many who, uh, who suggest that in forgiveness, um, we should be able to forget what happened in the past. But that's something that I understand you're challenging. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, <clears throat> for instance, um, look, um, what you were talking about before, uh, I was studying once many years ago in New Zealand with a man who was abused by his father. Yeah. And uh, we talked about the Ten Commandments, how to honour your mother and father. He said, I can't do that. Mm. Um, mm. I can't. He abused me, you know. And he, he found it hard to see God as a loving father because yeah. of what happened to him in his home. Yeah. This is a common story. Yep. Yeah. So we, we studied it, and um, he decided to actually um, – invite his father home, you know, to actually meet with him. It was a big move on his part yeah, um, yeah, through all yeah. that as we studied. But he thought it was possible. So he, he did. He met his father. And then uh, we had our next Bible study, and he told me how it went. And he said, look, uh, Eric, he said it was really tough. He said, I, you know, everything came swimming back to me. But he said he was there, and we talked. And um, and then he went, and he said, look, I, I did feel a, some sort of peace couldn't get over, you know, he said the, the feelings all were there still, yeah. but there was some sort of peace there. And I understand what God is saying about forgiving, forget, but he couldn't forget. He, he couldn't forget. Yes. He could accept yeah. some of yeah. that. About two months later, his father died. Mm. And he said to me, Eric, I'm glad I had that time with my dad. Yeah. But he said, you know, even though what he did to me, he was still my dad, you know, yeah. there's still that bond there. So... The Christian aspect is different to the way you and I feel. I mean, it's not the sinner. It, it's the sin that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that we often miss. And that's the thing that we, you know, it's impossible to forget life experiences. So while I might be able to move, because we're going to, as we proceed through this week, we're going to see that forgiveness can actually often be a process. And uh, uh, in this in this particular case, I'm so conscious that the phrase forgive and forget is actually flawed because, you know, it's physically not possible to forget my life experience. No. And, you know, when you forgive somebody... It's not saying, hey, look, it's okay. You know, the actions are okay. That's not what it means at all. Okay. Now, just define that because that's an important thing that I think that we need to bring out. We're not justifying the other person's actions mm. when we forgive no. the other individual. No, you're not saying that what happened was right, but you choose yourself to forgive him so that you can have peace in your heart. Like there was uh, an incident too, Pastor Gary, if I may share, that uh, happened in a church. Now, when things happen in a church, it's personal. And uh, I remember uh, one family broke up. You know, they actually swapped partners. Mm. Time. You know, this mm. isn't a confidential, but this is what happened. And people took sides because yeah. they... They see what actually has happened. You know, the people, the person who did wrong, they did both did wrong. You know what most church people do? Mm. They ignore them. Mm. You mm. know what happens to people that ignore? They push further away, and the devil has them in, in their hands. Yeah. But the ones who went and visited those people, they weren't saying, "Hey, this is the right thing to do," but they were saying, "You're still our friends." Yeah. And yeah. you know, we're here to be there for you. And you know who those people when they came out of it remembered the most when they came back to Christ? They remember the people who went and visited them. Mm. So that is a big thing is that the love of Christ transcends all in forgiveness. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's actually very closely related to the issue of, you know, there are some who think that, okay, forgiveness means I'm going to ignore everything that's actually gone on. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, to me, as I look at the scriptures, I see a God who constantly talks about consequences will follow actions. And uh, as I look at that particular scenario, I turn around and I say, hey, if, for example, a person has been abused, could forgiveness occur through a process I suggest that scripture actually says, yes, it can happen, okay. but it's a process. And then uh, secondly, uh, does that mean that we then ignore the sin or the mistakes that the offender has been? Of course not. No. Of course not. There are results to that type of of behavior. And uh, this is something that I, I, I'm conscious that sometimes there are some false views of the subject of forgiveness, which has really given forgiveness a bad name. Yes. And that's right. You know, like for instance, um, if, um, I, I've often seen something fairly bad happen and somebody will typically just say, well, you know, you'll get over it. Mm. I've got to be with you. you know, these are just throwaway words that we as Christians yeah, can use. Yeah. We all deal with issues in our life differently. Some things will hurt you more than others. We all have our weaknesses. But the, the key thing that Christ says, you know, is I believe is that he wants us to say, oh, look, I'm sorry. Yeah, and that yeah. carries more power, more weight than anything else. Because what that does is it releases you yeah. from the burden. It get, drops the rocks, if you like, from you. But it also releases the other people from their burden. I mean, this man, you know, it was interesting when he was telling me about his father and, and what had actually happened. He told me, he said, look, um, you know, these things will always stay with me. But the Bible has given me a new light. It, it's showing me a different love than I than I have experienced in the world, and this man come from a non Christian background, you know, mm. and that was powerful. But it leads to reconciliation. It sets not only others free, but it because it leads us up. Uh, if we hold something, and life's too short to do that. I mean, I'm in my, nearly seventy, you know. Come on, you know, mm. life's too mm. short for mm. that. Mm. But it's hard. It's hard to forgive sometimes. It is. It is. I mean, let's well, face it. What about this um, expectation that when you forgive, you're always going to to make up and there's going to be reconciliation? Well, sometimes, you know, you'll never really get to be as close maybe to that person as before. It may never happen. In fact, the other person may not want that. Yeah. So you've got to accept that. But you've done your part. You've done what all you can. So, no, I don't think that it, it, you may get a little bit closer, but it, it just depends on each situation. But that that closeness, that bond may never be the same again, mm-hmm. depending on how both parties – I've seen it where both parties have come back into a real good relationship, yeah. but yeah. others don't, depending yeah. on, on our makeup, you know. But so often within the Christian, uh, Christian understanding, there's this faulty view that says we're going to forgive, we're going to make up, uh, we're going to, uh, you know, be close buddies again, there's going to be no accountability. And, uh, uh, these, these expectations that have been loaded onto the word forgiveness mm. are actually quite faulty. 
In fact, to me, as I read the scriptures, there seems to be sometimes even a process uh, to this to this issue of of forgiveness. Yes. Uh, to me, it's a big it's a big issue as we talk about that that uh, this week. The other thing is that uh, out of this book too is that you know forgiving somebody that has been really quite nasty to you or whatever. Um, they don't know how to react to that. <laughs> you know, mm. you know, you can show kindness to a bully, and they don't know how to how to react yeah, because they're yeah. not used to that. The world is not used to kindness yeah, to yeah. the degree that we're talking about. When it comes to money or greed, the opposite to that is Christianity. Well, revenge is what actually our our world is largely based That's on, right. isn't it? You know, you yeah. see it in every movie. You know, you get the goodies and the baddies, and uh, you know, it's always the goodies who you want to win, and the baddies, well, they get their just desserts. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I look at what the Christian teaching is, hey, Christian teaching actually goes beyond what is in Hollywood movies by a by a fair margin. <laughs> for sure, yeah. you know. And one of the quotes here is, "Forgiveness is giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me," mm-hmm. and the other one that I really loved in this book this is a real beauty mm. I love this one he who cannot forgive others breaks the bridge over which he himself must travel mm. and that's powerful to me that, that is powerful that's very Eric just to refresh our memory what's the name of this book again that we've we've been uh, been sharing from this book is called forgive to live by Dr. Day Dick Tibbetts and and listeners can get this on online Yes, uh, they can get it actually through our conference office as well, but it can be done online, yes. Okay, so it. online it's quite happy. Yes, uh, Google You it. can actually get yep. Google it. Yes, you can. Yeah, Forgive to Live by Dick Tibbetts. Mm. Uh, folks, let's come to some music. It's Alison Brooke, No Words, a beautiful song. Swirling darkness bearing down I've got the smile turned to a frown The weight of sin, the bitter cup of woe The drinks he drank that choked his cry As even Jesus asked why The burden none of us will
does the Bible say about the end of the world? Faith FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Well, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, Big Questions for God with Pastor Gary and uh, Eric Hall. This is the program where we look each week at the difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. It's a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. Today we've been looking at one of the most troubling of Christian teachings. Is the Christian teaching on forgiveness reasonable? Uh, Eric, bring it all together for us. I'm conscious that our time is starting to disappear uh, uh, from us. Uh, Share with us, uh, how do we bring this all together for today? Well, I believe that when you choose the way of forgiveness, you choose a different path for your life, one that leads towards hope and a better future rather than down a dark path of grievance and pain. Forgiveness means giving up all hope for a better past and instead planning for a better future. Only when you learn to forgive can you experience peace right now and have hope for the future. In short, forgiveness is the work we all need to do for our own health and well-being. And I just pray that everybody listening today has experienced forgiveness mm. because God has given, he's forgiven us. He, he's saying, I'm not going to forgive you in the future. He says, I forgive you right now. And when mm. we experience that, we understand his love, then we will forgive others mm. because that's all we can do because by accepting that grace, that forgiveness, which is grace, and say, I'm sorry, Lord, and fall down and accept that when we're at our weakest. Now, some people think that forgiveness is uh, is being weak, but it's actually when you're the most powerful, when you're mm. on your knees. Mm. And that's what we all need to do. And I pray that each one of us will accept the forgiveness of Christ, that we will forgive others also. That's a powerful thought that you've actually presented because uh, what we've got here is a God who has already forgiven us, On the cross, he cries, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then, in Christian teaching in the scriptures, he says, hey, I want you to do what I have already done for you. Now, Mm -hmm. that is so easy to say, but so hard to do. That's the brutal reality of this. But I would suggest that so often, uh, that's so hard to do is because we don't fully understand what forgiveness is really all on about. Mm. Um, we, we seem to put some uh, load forgiveness with some expectations that are actually not biblical. Mm. And that's the thing that, to me, I appreciate. You know, as you study into this particular subject, I look at it and I say, hey, uh, forgiveness is able to give a release that nothing else can give. Mm. And yet it's important to understand what forgiveness is all about. Mm. Yeah. Look, Eric, I'm just wondering, how would you feel about just uh, praying for us? Um, Praying maybe for those who, uh, who may be... Are struggling with uh, with some issues. There's no superficial. There's no um, uh, walking away from problems because it's important that we deal with those issues. That's the foundation of, uh, of this teaching. Uh, but you know, Eric, I'm so conscious that sometimes 
we, there are things we can give to the Lord mm-hmm. that, in fact, take a huge burden off our, off our heart. Mm-hmm. Eric, would you pray for us? Sure. Our dear Heavenly Father, today, Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for him, love personified. We thank you for him that came and was treated so badly and yet he showed so much love to all that he met. We thank you for him who has the character of all. Mm. And Lord, we know, Lord, that we live in a world that is hard at times. We know, Lord, that things happen to us that hurt us deeply. And I pray, Lord, for anyone that is listening today that has a burden on their heart. Mm. I pray, Lord, that you release them from the pain. We know, Lord, that these memories may never go from us, but we know, Lord, that when we come to you, that we can find happiness and pure love, that you will give us release and comfort Mm. us. And we pray, Lord, for those, Lord, that are really struggling, help them in their lives, Lord. Bring families together. Mm. If there's somebody that we're not talking to because of some matter or another, Lord, may we just say, look, I'm sorry. Mm. And may we all come together, Lord, as families, as friends, as church family. Mm. So I pray, Lord, that you'll bless each one, Lord. Help us through this, Lord. May we continue to turn to you, Lord. And as you release us, Lord, we thank you for the great forgiveness that you have given us. Mm. In these things we pray. Amen. 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 Well, friends, it looks like our time is actually up for today. Thank you for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on the Drive Time Show. Tomorrow we're continuing our discussion when we ask, does Christ uh, call for his people to forgive even those who have caused great harm? Really look forward to seeing you. And until then, please remember, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May the Lord uh, richly bless you.